You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, episode 268. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Cantors. I help professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. You can learn more about our training programs at thecmethod.com. Today, we are diving into one of the most underrated communication skills, how to be a great listener. Now, this became apparent to me this week when Aaron and I, my husband Aaron and I, we went to our local hardware store. We've been doing a lot of DIY projects around the house. This is new for me, by the way, a new skill that I'm learning. And we have no idea when it comes to a lot of these things. So whenever we go to the hardware store, we ask a lot of questions. And we went to this local one. So it wasn't Bunnings, which is a massive, massive hardware chain here in Australia. We went to our local store and we were asking one of the the guys who works there about a little bit of wood and we wanted to order some doors as well. And there were other people lined up in the store waiting to talk to him. And I could tell that it was quite a busy day for them. Nonetheless, he was so present with us and he said to us, so what are you wanting to do? Because we said, oh, we need this, we need this piece of wood. He said, what are you using it for? And as we explained, he looked at us and he slowly nodded and he said, okay, now my recommendation would be to do this. And then after that, he said, is there anything else that you need? And we said, actually, we do need some doors. He said, okay, where are the doors going? And He just listened so intently to everything that we said. And I felt like he didn't think that there was anyone, no, any other customers waiting. It was as if we were the only customers there that he had to take care of that day. And it made me realize just how powerful it is when we can be a great listener and be present for other people. And I'm not just talking about customer service. I'm talking about with your friends, with your family, with your team, with your boss, when receiving feedback in any situation, listening is such a powerful skill. So today I wanted to share with you some practical tips that you can implement right now, or at least in your next interaction with your team, your boss, your kids, your spouse, and so on. So let's dive in. Firstly, why is listening so important? apart from making your customers feel good. Well, it, it, it builds rapport with people and it builds your relationships with other people. It demonstrates compassion and respect. Ultimately, it helps you to become a better leader, a better manager and a coach. When you are a good listener, you show people that you're trustworthy and your team will trust you more. You will resolve issues quicker, which will save more time. Think about how much time is spent dealing with conflicts in the workplace. If you can listen well, you'll be able to get through those much quicker. And besides, when you listen, you're opening yourself up to learn something new about others as well. It was the Dalai Lama who said, when you talk, you are only repeating what you already know. But if you listen, you may learn something new, which I really loved. All right, so let's get into how do you do it? And I've got eight tips for you, eight well, eight big ideas on how to be a better listener. Number one is mindset focused, and it is to stop making it about you. 
One of the biggest problems I find that people have with being able to listen well is the fact that they worry about what they're going to say next. Is this you? You're someone else is talking and you're thinking, oh my God, I have to say something smart, say something smart, say something smart. What am I going to say next? When are they going to stop talking? I've got to say something smart. Got to sound intelligent. Got to ask a really great follow-up question. Ugh. This is not listening. You're not listening to them. You're making it about you, not the other person. As soon as you start thinking about yourself and what you're going to say, you have stopped listening. I highly recommend, if this resonates with you, check out episode 119 of this podcast. It's called Stop Making It All About You. It's one of my personal favorites because the message, oh, it's just so important. This is one of the best things that you can do to build up your own confidence and help you be a better communicator and better public speaker. Make it about your audience. And this is challenging because as when we're working with people, we often think that the value we offer in a conversation is what we say. So we often think, I have to share my knowledge. I have to say something smart. I have to ask a really intelligent follow-up question. When really, oftentimes the value we offer is simply being present and hearing that other person. I had this similar experience um, a few months ago when one of my, actually it was more like a month and a half ago, one of my one-on-one coaching clients He's been having a really stressful time at his job due to the COVID situation. He's actually been flat out. So the um, the production of the product that he he's part of, his company makes, just went completely gangbusters because of the COVID situation. And he came to the coaching call and he spent the 90 minutes on the call just venting, just talking about what was going on, how he was feeling, how much pressure he was under. And I was tempted and I caught myself thinking, I caught myself thinking, am I not adding any value as a coach? Because I'm not, we're not actually, I'm not actually coaching him on anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm just, all I'm doing is listening. Maybe I need to, and then I recognized this in myself and I went, Christina, just stop making it about you and make it about your client. And you know, it was really interesting at the end of the coaching session, my client said to me, you know what? Christina, it's been so valuable just having you here to talk to. It's been so great to just get away from my colleagues and my my team and just everyone else at work and to speak to someone external to the business who is here to simply listen to me. And he said, thank you. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, okay, wow. And here's me thinking that I'm not adding any value as a coach when in fact I was. So it's so, um, it's hard to do, but see if you can work on shifting your mindset and understanding that you, the value you offer is not necessarily always in what you say, but being able to listen offers a huge amount of value to people. So stop making it about you. Number two, hold space. When I say hold space, this is a nice way of saying stop interrupting. Now, this is a really interesting difference between people who tend to be more introverted and people who tend to be more extroverted. You may have noticed this. Extroverts can often enjoy talking over the top of each other. When you get two or more extroverted people together, they'll be talking, talking, talking and kind of talking over the top of each other and building on what each other is saying and building off that energy of the the, the franticness of the talking. 
I'm not saying all extroverted people do this. I'm just saying this is what can tend to happen. And this can, this can work well for them. And with any extroverted person, they might keep talking, even if you sort of interrupt or you go, yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. They'll just keep talking. And for an extroverted person, having those verbal confirmations can be helpful. So when someone is talking, using those verbal confirmations that you're listening, such as saying, yes, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Those can help, but it doesn't work for everyone. When you get someone who tends to be a bit more introverted, the thing with introverts is that, and I'm talking very generalistic here, okay, introverts will tend to stop talking when you interrupt because introverted people tend to want more time to think about what they're going to say before they say it, whereas someone who is more extroverted will often say something as they're thinking or they'll say something before they've even thought about it. It just comes out right? But an introvert will take time to think about what they want to say and then they say it. Now, if you don't give them the space to do that, they're just going to stop talking. So my challenge to you, especially for those of you who are more extroverted, is to hold space for people who are more introverted and shut up. So when someone is talking, instead of going, mm-hmm, yep, yeah, yeah, sure, uh-huh, uh-huh, just stop talking and and just don't say anything. Just let them speak. And here's a next challenge for you. When that introverted person stops talking, I want you to resist the urge to jump in. Don't think to yourself, oh, they've stopped talking. Great, I can talk now. No, just stay quiet because what will happen is they will take that silence. They'll take that time to think even a bit more and they may very well continue talking. So I know this is really challenging for those of you who feel you think you struggle with silence. You think you have to fill in every single tiny gap of silence with talking. You don't. So my challenge to you is to slow down, stop talking, hold space for them. And I can say as someone who is very extroverted myself, I once had a friend I don't know if you've experienced this before. I once had a friend who would anticipate the end of my sentences and she would say the last word of every sentence as I was saying it. Have you ever had this before? It was it was so annoying, so annoying. And I felt like she was rushing me through my sentence and that she really wasn't listening at all. Hence, she used to be a friend. <laughs> I stopped catching up with her because it just got so annoying. So that holding space piece is really important. Number three, all right, let's move on to number three. Listen with your body. I've said this before on the podcast and I'll say it again because it is so important, is that there have been a number of studies done that show that up to 80% of our communication is presented non-verbally. Another Fred Rogers quote for you, he said, he said, we speak with more than our mouths and we listen with more than our ears, which is so true. So we, we demonstrate through our body that we are listening. So, for example, this might take some habit breaking for you. Now, you might be listening to someone. Let's say you, yes, you're listening, but the way that you listen is you look down and maybe you absentmindedly doodle in your, in your notebook. 
and that's just the way you listen. Now, even though you are listening, it doesn't come across as listening. And this can come across like you are ignoring that person or you're not paying attention. So it's important that you shift, start to shift your habits to be more constructive in terms of demonstrating that you are listening. So be aware of what your body is doing. You need to sit up and lean in rather than slouching back in your chair. Uncross your arms and make sure that your palms are visible. Visible palms indicates that you are trustworthy. So when you're standing, you're standing with with open arms, palms facing towards your audience. There's a great TED Talk by Alan Pease that's purely about positioning of your palms. And I'll link that in the show notes if you're interested to check it out. Um, Taking notes is fine. I understand that, yes, sometimes you want to be taking notes. That's great. Just be aware of how long you're spending looking at your notes. I was on a Zoom call the other day and the person on the other end of the call said, um, they said, oh, I'm, I am listening. I am, I'm just furiously taking notes. And so, and I really liked that, that they communicated to say, hey, just letting you know over, over my, my end, I am taking notes, which is why I'm looking down. So if you are taking notes, make sure that you look down, take some notes, but then look up again. So don't spend the whole time with your eyes down. And as you become more attuned to this, something you can do is be aware of how other people are communicating and see if you can observe and tell when someone is not fully listening, where they're thinking about what they will say next. And you can see this through their eyes and through their mouth. So when we look up, it's usually we're thinking, we're accessing the thinking part of our brain, not not the scientific term, but it's the part of our brain where we think where we access our problem-solving part of our brain, we tend to look up. So if you're talking to someone and they're sort of glancing up, glancing up, and then they're opening their mouth as about to say something and they're doing that little, or they're like doing those little jerky nods, um, like really quick nods, like they're kind of nodding you along as if to say, hurry up, hurry up. You can tell that they're just thinking about what they're going to say next. They're making the mistake that I talked about in number one, which is they're making about themselves and not about you. So if you can become attuned to how other people behave, you can then go, oh, okay, I can see why that's not effective. And then you can start applying it to yourself. Number four, number four uh, big idea for you to be a better listener is to fix your resting face. And when I say resting face, this is the face that you make when you're at default. So when someone's talking and you're sitting there listening, what is your face doing? You may tend to have a horrendously grumpy resting face. Maybe you tilt your head to the side and have a somewhat confused look on your face. Or maybe you just have a purely blank poker face. I was speaking to someone on a, this is another person, speaking to a different person on a Zoom call this week. And as I was talking, I was briefing them on a project and um, they rested their face in their hand and were sort of leaning, like leaning with their chin, like pressed into their hand as if what I was saying was the most draining, boring thing they'd heard all week. And then when I noticed when they responded, they did the thing where they pinched the top of the bridge. So they took their their um, thumb and pointer finger and 
pinched the very top of the bridge of their nose and looked down as if they had a crippling headache that they were trying to massage out of their out of their forehead. This is not good. <laughs> if you notice yourself doing this, please stop. It demonstrates that you're so bored and that you don't want to be there and you don't want to be on that call. Now, the beauty of a video call is that you can look at your own face. So this is a brilliant opportunity. We're all doing video calls at the moment. Look at your own face. See where you're positioned in the camera. You can even, you know, if you can, record your meetings on Zoom or set up your phone and film yourself. So be aware. I had to tell my husband, Aaron, he, he's used to doing phone calls, not video calls. So he's not, he doesn't realize that the video is, is on him. And he tends to lean back into the corner of the screen, again, puts his hand in his face and looks down at the ground while he's talking. And I've had to say to him, you need to sit up, you need to look into the camera, please. And I sort of give him an elbow to remind him. Sorry, Aaron, for throwing you under the bus. He's probably not listening to this anyway. All good. Learn from, <laughs> learn from other people's mistakes. Um, a technique that I learned from a wonderful woman called Louise Marla. She's a real expert in um, nonverbal communication. She says that you can shift your resting face to a pleasant resting face where you slowly nod as someone is speaking. So you slowly nod down, nice and calm. And you can do this even when someone is yelling at you, giving you negative feedback. Maybe they're praising you or explaining a concept. Don't give anything away. You look like you're listening. You're slowly nodding and you have a pleasant, like a half smile. So just a half smile. So you're not, you're not grinning crazily like a clown at them. You're not frowning, but you've got a pleasant half smile on your face. It reminds me of the scene from Penguins, well, from Madagascar, you know, the Penguins how they're standing there and, they, and the, the admiral or whatever his name is, he's going, just smile and wave, boys, smile and wave. Nothing to see here, that kind of thing. It's like you're not giving anything away. You're not looking confused. You're not looking bored. You're just nodding very calmly. Now, if you're thinking, oh, but Christina, I naturally frown when I listen. I naturally look down when I, you know, that's my natural resting face. This is a habit. This is not who you are. This is a habit that you can change. And if that sounds like you, I want you to listen to last week's episode. It's only 16 minutes long. Last week's episode number 267 about developing natural communication skills. Hi, Rockstar. If you love this podcast and you want help and support in implementing what you learn, I invite you to join the C-Method Academy. The Academy is our monthly members-only training and accountability program that helps you take your communication, public speaking, and leadership skills to the next level. Get access to exclusive podcast content, mini courses, and private webinars where you have direct access to me. Plus, you'll be a part of our passionate community. No more feeling alone in your professional development journey. This is your opportunity to learn how to feel good within yourself, speak up at work, build your confidence and take your career to the next level for a very affordable monthly investment. For more information and to sign up, 
visit thecmethod.com slash join. That's thecmethod.com slash join. Okay, let's get back to the show. Okay, we're up to number five of eight big ideas on how to be a great listener. Number five is to paraphrase. So something you can do, you know, without having to ask an amazing question or offer some insightful wisdom, simply paraphrase what they've said to check that you've heard correctly. So once they've finished speaking, you can say, okay, so what I'm hearing is that you're not feeling very happy about the changes that have been made to the project team. Is that correct? And they might say, yes, that's correct. And they might keep talking or they might say, no, it's actually more like this. So either way, you're getting clarification around what they've said. You can also say something like, "Um, so let me make sure I've understood correctly. You want to X, Y, Z. And then at the end, you can say, is that correct? Have I missed anything? So when you do this, you're having that conversation, you're showing you're listening, and you haven't had to actually offer anything new. You've just paraphrased it. And if you're thinking it's going to sound weird, if you're thinking, oh, Christina, aren't they just going to pick up that I'm repeating what they're saying? No, they're not. Because the fact is that you're listening and they're going to be so appreciative of that. So that is number five. Number six is to validate their feelings. Now, this is huge. Imagine this. If a team member comes to you and says, I am feeling so stressed and overwhelmed with this project, the worst thing you can say is, oh, don't be stressed. Or even worse is, I don't know why you're so overwhelmed. We went through this yesterday. You already have other people helping you. That is not what a good listener would say. You've literally just told them, I'm not listening. I don't, you told me that you're feeling overwhelmed, but I'm telling you that you shouldn't be overwhelmed. That is not a good listener. So something you can say instead and to validate their feelings is to say, okay, so what is causing you to feel stressed and overwhelmed? So ask them why. Okay, I understand you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed. Why is that? And you're doing it in a compassionate way. You're not saying, why? Right? You see the difference? There's a difference in tone. There's a difference in your tone. You're saying, you're saying okay, help me to understand um, what's going on for you that's causing you to feel stressed and overwhelmed. You're not saying, why are you feeling stressed and overwhelmed? So same question, different tone, different meaning. And then when they explain and they say, this is what's going on, this is what's going on, you validate their feelings by saying, oh, okay, I understand. That must be stressful for you. That must be stressful for you. I can understand that that must be overwhelming. Again, this is another way of paraphrasing, um, but you are validating their feelings. And even if they don't necessarily say, I'm feeling stressed, they might come to you and say, you know, I don't know how to get this done. I don't know what to do. So-and-so is on my back, blah, blah, blah. You can say, it sounds like you're feeling stressed or it sounds like you're feeling overwhelmed with it all. And if that's correct, they'll say, yes, it is. I am feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And that in itself, you validated their feelings. They're feeling listened to. So what you're doing here is you're seeking to understand them. You're understanding their perspective. As Stephen Covey, who authored Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, said, he said, seek first to understand, then to be understood. So that's number six, validate their feelings. Number seven, okay, second last one, when you're there, Rockstar, you're doing so well. 
Number seven is to go deeper. Now, when I say go deeper, I mean to ask questions about what that person just said. Now, this is helpful for you if you find it challenging to have conversations with people, maybe making small talk at networking events, that sort of thing. Now, this became apparent to me as an interviewer on my podcast when I released a podcast where I was interviewing one particular woman and she was talking about confidence and public speaking. And at one point in the interview, she said, you know, if you think about where confidence comes from, it comes from the center. It really comes from the center. And then a blah, blah, blah. And then she went off and kept talking. And I'm sitting there nodding along going, okay, okay. I was like, you know, I'm listening. Okay. And then I released that episode and I had a podcast listener come up to me and say, this was at my, my shared office space. He came up to me and he said, Christina, so normally I really enjoy your podcast, but I felt really frustrated when you didn't question that lady about confidence coming from the center. He said, what do you mean? He said, I wanted you to ask her, what do you mean confidence comes from the center? How does that work? Explain. He said, I just got really frustrated. And of course I said, that must be really frustrating for you. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah, it was a really, it was an example of how I had failed to go deeper and ask why. So when someone is talking, when someone says something that piques your interest or you don't quite understand, don't be afraid to say, and what do you mean by that? I'm, that sounds interesting. Can you tell me more? And it shows that you've listened and that you actually want to know more. I can tell you now, as someone who has been interviewed on various podcasts, when I'm asked a question by an interviewer and I give my answer and I've poured my heart and soul into this answer, right? I'm brought all my energy and I'm like, this is the best answer I could possibly give. And then they go, okay. And then they ask the next question. And I feel very deflated. I think, have you, did you even hear what I just said? Are you even going to acknowledge what, like this beautiful answer I just crafted? And it felt, feels like they're just going through a checklist of questions and that it's not a back and forth conversation. So I've experienced it from both ends. So when someone is talking, have a go at going deeper and saying, hey, can you tell me more about that? Or say, you know, if someone says, oh, it's been really challenging at, at work recently, instead of just going, oh, okay, say, oh, what, what's been challenging? You know, so just take their lead. And going back to number one, this will be much easier if you stop worrying about what you're going to say next. If you make it more about them and less about you, all of these tips are going to be so much easier because you're not worrying about yourself anymore. Okay? So that is number seven to go deeper. And number eight, drum roll, final one, a drum roll on my desk here, is to hold your judgment. And this is probably one of the most difficult ideas I'm sharing with you today. When someone is talking, we are listening to them through the lens through which we see the world. And we have our preconceived ideas and preconceived judgments. And it's very easy to get defensive, especially if someone's giving you feedback or you know negative feedback. You, you will notice this when you feel in your body, you want to just word vomit. Yeah, but that's the, 
that's the, the phrase that comes to mind. When someone's talking to you and they're saying blah, 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 you, you just want to go, yeah, nah, or yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but what about this? So instead of this, I want you to hold, try your best to hold that judgment and say, thank you for your feedback. I'll take that on board. Simply saying thank you. You don't have to say, yeah, but we did that because of this or yeah, but uh, just thank you. Thank you. I'll take that on board. You don't have to take it on board. You might think it's absolute crap what they're saying to you, but to make, but to become, to come across as being as you're listening, don't defend yourself um, unless that's part of the conversation, but don't, don't get defensive. I found a really great section in a, um, an article from Harvard Business Review about what great listeners actually do when they were studying um, managers and coaches who performed really well. In those instances, good listening was seen as a cooperative conversation. So from the article, it says, in these interactions, feedback flowed smoothly in both directions, with neither party becoming defensive about comments the other made. By contrast, Poor listeners were seen as competitive, as listening only to identify errors in reasoning or logic, using their silence as a chance to prepare their next response. That might make you an excellent debater, but it doesn't make you a good listener. Good listeners may challenge assumptions and disagree, but the person being listened to feels the listener is trying to help, not wanting to win an argument. So that's a section from the Harvard Business Review article. So holding your judgment, knowing that, okay, this person is here to express their opinion, they have every right to, and I'm here to have a cooperative conversation. I'm not here to win or to demonstrate that I'm correct. This is what makes a great listener. So those are the eight big ideas for you to quickly recap. Number one, Stop making it about you. Number two, hold space, especially for my extroverted friends. Number three, listen with your body. Number four, fix your resting face. Number five, paraphrase. Six, validate their feelings. Number seven, go deeper. And number eight, hold your judgment. Now, moving forward, I want you to pick one of these things. And you might need to come back to this podcast in future to refresh because we did cover quite a lot. So great job with that. Think about what are these things you already do and celebrate that, what you're already doing well. And then think about what is one thing that you can take on board that you're going to improve. And I would love it if you could share that one thing with me on LinkedIn. Come on over and connect with me, Christina Cantors. That's my name. Send me a connection request and let me know what you enjoyed of this podcast and what is something you're going to implement moving forward. And like I mentioned in the um, mid-roll, if you want to develop your communication skills in a supportive environment and get access to exclusive content and, and webinars with me, then I invite you to join the C Method Academy. Go to thecmethod.com slash join. That link is also in the description of your podcast in your app. Okay, Rockstar, thank you for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome and I will talk to you next week. I'm Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. <laughs>